Semi dry, fully hard. <laughs> I was trying to line that up right when Drew took a sip, but I didn't get the, didn't get the spit take. Right. That's great. There we go. Cold open episode title. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the Bruce Bruins podcast, a the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, something mm-hmm. Diehards, I think it, what's Wicked, the name? Wicked, Wicked Diehards. Wicked Diehards, bub. Uh, <laughs> it's actually some good branding. Um, uh, DraftKings, Raycon, what's up? Uh, what's up, everybody? Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're talking Bruins, but also we're talking Brews. Cam, you said you got something new. What's uh, what's going on over there? Yeah, not my best pour. Before we get into this, I'm just curious. Do you think you like how is that going to work? You know how everybody does the knockoff merch. Like how is that? You can't like prevent people from printing the word "wicked" on stuff in a certain color. Like that's just too. I feel no, like, yeah, she's there, but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, yes, I do have a new local beer to try. Um, from Sebago Brewing Company in I would assume it's in Sebago, Maine. I haven't actually confirmed that. Never been there. No, what do you know? Actually, Sebago Brewing Company in Gorham, Maine. So what do you know? Uh, that is by Sebago, Sebago Lake. Yeah, as I say, I don't know if there's actually a town. They're kind of close, but right? not quite there either, yeah. right? So it's, it's like odd. in the direction. Anyway, this is uh, – I, I have not actually – I don't. I feel like I maybe have tried one or two things from there. I know they have the Fry's Leap IPA, I believe it is. Um, this is another IPA. It's called the Haze Forward. Um, yeah, let's give it a shot here. It's pretty – Pretty hazy indeed. Would not pass the Drew test by any means. Uh, not my best pour. It's a little foamy on top. We're gonna fight through it for the for the audience. Mm. I do this for you, dear listeners. Wow, that's good. Some that's good. good. It's definitely quite juicy for sure. Uh, Chris, I know you you like to hear about the hops. We had a, quite a blend of hops here. We actually have some Amarillo, some Citra, some Lemon Drop, which I feel like you don't hear too often. Uh, Simcoe and Strata. So this has got notes of hazy, juicy, and tropical. I definitely would agree with that. Kind of a citrusy, almost pineapple-y flavor. Not quite pineapple but sort of that, I don't know, thinner sweetness, if that makes sense. Uh, still nice and hoppy, a little bit of a bitterness to it. Overall, I would say drinkability. Mm, fairly hoppy, but it's got enough good flavor to it. I think it goes down pretty easily. 27. Tasteability. Definitely gonna be up there. 30, 33. That's a, a very tasteable beer. Good stuff. I got a uh variety pack. I think it came with three different IPAs and then one uh something else, lager or something like that. So we'll uh, we'll be debuting them on the on the show probably over the next few episodes, depending on how long they last in my fridge. But that's right, uh, well, that's another story. Well, you said uh, thin sweetness. I got the thick sweetness. Ooh. I'm drinking a sunny D. Uh this is from the fridge. Uh, I'm stealing Isabel's. Say it's the hard juice. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go out and run some errands later, so I'm not gonna be drinking any alcohol. But it is 1:45 there. <laughs> yeah. Is the uh, the taste of my childhood. Um, 
<laughs> something that I thought was always orange juice and now I've discovered is a mix of like orange juice, tangerine, grapefruit juice, uh, pear juice, apple juice, uh, and a lot of sugar. Wait, is it really? I thought, I it, thought was it was the just sun. Like... Yeah. <laughs> don't they say it's like it's drops like... from the sun <laughs> yeah i honestly thought it was just orange juice with a shit ton of sugar in it but I yeah no it's all that uh... other stuff i actually kind of respect that they like brought other juices into the equation it's not just all artificial it's it's marketed as like an orange juice because like the only thing you see on the front is the sliced up orange but mm-hmm. uh, and and rays of sunshine of course just mm-hmm. true um but yeah this is a it's more of like a fruit punch. And uh, I've also discovered it's, you know, it is unhealthy. Yes. But it uh, it's no less healthy than any of the other like juice drinks you see at the supermarket. So we're just kind of like, you know what, Isabel, you can drink whatever you want as long as you're not drinking more than like a cup of it a day. So that goes for beer, too. Yeah, <laughs> one cup of beer. Yeah, it's all yeah there's a couple of vodka days where it starts to get a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, it, drinkability. It's uh, it's pretty fucking sweet. So I would not suggest drinking more than a glass of this. But um, yeah, we'll give it a, like a nine. Um, but tasteability off the charts. You can you can really taste it. Thirty seven for sure. Yeah, it's gotta be. I can't remember the last time I had a sunny D, but I gotta get back on the uh, back on the wave, baby. <laughs> well we got the thin sweet we got the thick sweet so how about we got the semi-dry sweet we got a freedom's oh. edge semi-dry hard cider um i think i know i've i had um freedom's edge recently on the pod but i had two different kinds so i don't know if i uh if i reviewed the semi-dry on here but at lancy go back and check semi-dry fully hard <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to line that up for right when Drew took a sip, but I didn't get the, didn't get the spit take. Right. That's great. There we go. Cold open episode title. Yeah, Perfect. You're um, <laughs> semi dry, fully hard. Freedom's Edge cider. Uh, I'm going to give it. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a hard. We are not. <laughs> We have the uh just canceled We have the the uh comical <laughs> sense of an eighth grader is what I'm trying to say. Um tasteability can taste the hardness. It's uh we're gonna go with a a 22. Um was that tasteability or drinkability? That was tasteability. Drinkability is up there. Um we're gonna go with a, a nice 32. <laughs> Very cool, Drew. Thanks. Taste the hardness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Transitioning to, <laughs> to Bruins. No, that's the episode. Draft game. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the Bruins lost their first game in regulation to Detroit. Is that who they lost to? I think so. Yep. That sounds right. I watched, yeah, it was... I, I watched that game, but I've already yes. put it out of my mind. Um yeah, uh, Linus has started to look, uh, well, like a little bit human. Was that him playing in that game? I Yeah, it was. Um, five goals against. Got a train one by. I'm going to hand that oh off. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was the goal against. There was the goal horn going off the 
<laughs> We're actually just playing replays <laughs> on the pod. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was the game they lost. They looked a little sluggish in that third period. A little bit. He also did take 40 shots, so, you know. It's hard to keep up with the puck when you're fucking <laughs> hammered. He's going to probably play a little <laughs> bit better defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of do we trade goalie talk recently, right? And that seems a little crazy, but. We could talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I've been diligently avoiding it on Twitter, but. You this know, is a safe space. Chris. This, is, this is the spot <laughs> for it. Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, Bruins did beat the Islanders. What Thursday, as of the yesterday, as of the recording of this podcast, but um, five two, Charlie Coyle hat trick. Um, good, good game, good stuff, good bounce back. We love the boys. Um, but yeah, goalie goalie talk. Um, the Edmonton Oilers just lost to the Sharks last night. Things yeah. are not going well. Yeah. Uh, they demoted Jack Campbell, their $5 million goalie. Um, put him on waivers. Nobody claimed him. Uh They're desperate, I would say, for for goaltending. Um, And, you know, not a lot of goalies are that could alter your franchise are available, but the Bruins have two of them. And so the natural thing to think is, hey, uh, you know, the Oilers have a little extra center depth up there. Um, Why not discuss uh, making a swip swap? And to me, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Bruins, but uh, maybe you guys have a different opinion. Uh, uh, go ahead, Drew. Well, you are, uh, I think, like, it, it, not every team can roll out a starting goaltender all 82 games, and that's what the Bruins are able to do right now, a starting caliber goaltender. Um, and that's a major reason why they're, what, 11-1-1? As of mm-hmm. this recording, um, yep. the best team in the league, I'm pretty sure. Most wins. Yeah. yeah. They're, oh, uh, Vegas has 11 as well. They're right. ahead in points percentage because Vegas has played an extra game. Right. Um, but I mean, like, so it's really tough in that scenario. And there's like, I mean, if you look at the team on paper, sure, you can say there are like some gaps and some weaknesses to fill. But the way they're cooking right now, it's almost like you don't really want to mess with it. Um, and really, I can't think of like a return that I would say is justifiable to trade your Vesna. I think you would need some picks for sure, a first rounder in there, maybe some other picks, and then you need a like a difference making skater, right? And like, I I don't know, I don't really see it happening, especially with the Bruins cap situation i guess you you just need someone under five mil coming back which if you want a big impact player probably not going to find one under five mil so i really don't think it makes sense uh, for them to do that right now maybe that's a discussion you have at the trade deadline when teams are maybe a little more desperate maybe you finding yourself 
in a different situation as the Bruins in February or March or whenever that is. Um, but right now, I don't. It really doesn't make any sense, and I wouldn't even be entertaining offers at the moment, honestly. And someone, unless someone comes out and says, "Hey, I'm going to give you three first round picks and our star forward," and then I'd say, "I'll think about it." But it, you know, it's really. I don't. I don't think they're going to move them. I agree. I don't think you're going to be able to get that kind of haul. I think also that the thing is like you still have a, another year of Olmark under control, right? He signed through the end of 2024, 25. You've got the best goaltending tandem in the NHL from last season. Looks like they're doing it again this year. At by the way, the the price that Chris just listed for Jack Campbell, who just got sent down to the AHL, five million dollars a year as a cap hit for a guy who just won a Vezina trophy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like, I get this way's the future, whatever, but like Olmark's only 31. You got him another year under control. If it were the trade deadline and he were, you know, whatever, out of the, out of the contract after the season, maybe somebody's willing to overpay. You can get a really good deal. And like, you're going to go with one goalie for the playoffs anyway, which, you know, assuming the Bruins make the playoffs would be an interesting thing to see after what happened last season whether they do want to stick with one goalie, like that's the only scenario where I'd be like, okay, maybe do it. Cause you might be able to get somebody to overpay. You're probably going to lose in that off season anyway. And you're going into the playoffs. You're already there. You're going to roll with one guy right now with him under a pretty great deal for next season. Um, I just, uh, there are so, I think there are what? 31 other teams. How many of the teams are in the league? Not 32, right? 31 of the teams, maybe 30 in the league who would, do some disgusting things for the Bruins goaltending tandem. I don't think you throw that away for definitely not draft picks and for anything less than like a superstar one C and I, you know, the Oilers aren't going to trade Connor McDavid for Linus Lamarck. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I think you shut that one down. Um, you know, if you see how things shake out next year, you can maybe look at it, especially if, you know, like Busty looks really good or something like that. But um, right now I do not think it's, even worth taking calls on unless somebody's throwing you just a, a honestly a horribly lopsided offer is probably the only way I would I would do it. Yeah. Yeah. The the only deals I can think of are either joke deals or deals that are so aggressive that no NHL team would do them because the NHL is not that fun. Um <laughs> the I mean the problem with all these discussions here is that Omar has a no move clause. So and he's in a situation he loves. Why would he waive that? Um, he's not going to be trying to do the Bruins any favors to get them Leon Dreisaitl or whatever. Um, and like, yeah, it would have to be Olmark and Coyle or someone of that amount of money, like Carlo or something, something around there. Plus like a bunch of picks that the Bruins don't have plus prospects to get Dreisaitl. Um who I also believe has a no move clause. Um, and I don't know if there's a deal you can even make that doesn't involve Pasternak that gets you Connor McDavid. If he's, uh, I mean, I guess McAvoy maybe, um, but you know, you still, it would probably be McAvoy and Olmark or McAvoy and Swayman. Um, and those are too fun for the NHL to do. Um, that's, that would absolutely never happen. Uh, and I like David Pasternak way more than I like Connor McDavid. So um, go, going back to that. Wondering... <laughs> go, go for it, Drew. 
I was just I was just gonna just uh, say on his uh, Allmark's no movement clause, uh, six team no trade list this season, and then next season it goes down to a fifteen team no trade list. So that really opens the door next year to trade him. But for those wondering, when we said he has a no movement, those are the those are the clauses. Don't if you're driving, don't go to cap friendly right now. Yeah, I mean, I would I would guess uh, that one of the teams on his no move would probably be Edmonton. <laughs> yeah. um, I would hope so. Yeah. What do you I mean, mean, Chris? They have such a good history with goalies, not just absolutely running goalies out of town. away their star players. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and plus, it is in the way north of Alberta. So I, I don't, I think that's a team that's on a lot of players no trade lists if they got 10 15 team no trade lists uh winnipeg's probably another one um do you have to submit your no trade list at like the beginning of the season yeah i would think so right you can't just be like oh there's a rumor they're gonna trade me to toronto i'm gonna yeah you can't just be like toronto sorry they're on my no trade list (laughs) in my head (laughs) um yeah so that's that's why all these trade talks are kind of silly. I mean, the other option is trading Swayman, um, which seems even sillier than trading Olmark. Um, it's sillier, but more realistic at the same time. I feel yeah, like it's, but also if you're trading Swayman, you'd better be getting back absolute studs. And yeah, the, that's the, a the starting only, goaltender for the next 10 years. The, the player that's been bandied about from, the Oilers that's like the realistic player is Ryan Nugent Hopkins who had a hundred point season last year, but is an absolute Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl merchant uh, living on the power play with those guys, like pretty good player in his own right. But for, for years there were rumors about trading Tory Krug for him. I think that probably would have been a better deal. Uh, but you know, I, at this point in his career, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in him. Um, I think he's a solid player, but you need to. I think the Bruins have comparable options that maybe maybe not as good of options, but I don't think our center. I don't think the center situation is as dire as we had thought it was going to be. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to like. I was thinking about that before we started recording, like where to, how to feel about Charlie Coyle right now, especially on the back of the hat trick, obviously. But, um, you know, I think two seasons ago, we had pretty high expectations for him. I would say hopes more than expectations. I think our expectations would he would be a, you know, at, at least a good third liner with a potential second line. Um, I guess potential. Last season, not a strong year despite what the Bruins did as team kind of felt like you were co-signing him back to that third line as like a decent third liner. And now he seems to be kind of stepping up in, in the role a little bit as he's needed. So, um, you know, I don't think 12 games is enough to pass a complete assessment here, but I'm sort of like, I don't want to get too high, but I don't want to get too low either. Cause I feel like, you know, he's brought a lot more to his game. I think he, I don't know. Was he injured last year? I'm trying to remember. It was two years ago. I he think looks healthier. I don't know if it's just and last last year felt like he was kind of dealing with something. Yeah. He just looks like he's got a little more pep in his step right now. And 
I'm feeling cautiously optimistic about him, I think is where I'm at. Like, I, I think we're going to see, I think last year was a little bit of regression. I think we're going to see him kind of revert back to his mean a little bit more this season. I don't think he's going to be crazy good, but I think compared to maybe what we were like worried about coming into this season, I'm not too concerned about like, oh, our center depth is like really bad. Cause I mean, especially with Potter stepping in has been huge, but um, like Zaka coil right now is looking pretty good. So yeah, and so that's kind of like the I don't I don't even know what to call the each of the lines the the top nine are kind of I would call the Saka Martian Postnock line probably the first mm-hmm. line, but then that middle six is kind of just like middle six because you got Charlie Coyle with JVR and Trent Frederick, Hoping electric, Trent, yeah. Trent Fred Eric and. You know, that's been a really good line, but also, you know, I, I wouldn't call Patra a third line center. And, you know, you can put Danton Heinen anywhere in the lineup and you don't have to call it the third line or the second line or whatever. And then Jake DeBrus is downplaying with them too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't notice a lot from that line against the Islanders, but, you know, I don't think that's a, that's a line that I've, problems with i think yeah. uh, you know give them some time and that could be a really good situation do you think the nhl is ever going to crack down on the bruins fielding five forwards at the same time when trent fred eric jvr and charlie coiler out there it seems like they've just turned a blind eye to it and i just feel like with the 11 one and one record you probably want to slow that down somehow and having that kind of advantage just seems a little bit suspect but we'll see um, in the meantime, you can bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm going to read some lines here. So DraftKings has the uh, Bruins playing the Detroit Red Wings with the Montreal Canadiens logo. Um, so if you want to bet that line, <laughs> you can, it's a, it's a one and a half Bruins plus one and a half cam that means they score at least two goals and over the, the canadians and the red winning by two would be yeah. yeah okay so that those are the lines you can download the app now and use code thpn when you do new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gambling resources nhl in the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2023 all rights reserved look you gotta <laughs> gotta be worried about that all right all right everybody look holiday season right around the corner you know how chaotic that can be. And it may be too early to start decorating, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping 
Why not take care of it now before the crowds and pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale going on right now. All right. You've heard us talk about Raycon on here before. We've talked about getting duped in the good way, getting your pair in a spare. And you know that Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power, power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is actually clean. Heavy metal, great for your ears when you got your earbuds in. Not great for your drinking water. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20% to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Ooh. Yeah. On the other side of the break, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know how we did this uh, back in the day a couple of years ago? where we talked about the most important Bruins. Oh, I gave you guys no prep time for this. Oh. The most like, important Bruins for yeah. this season, for this season. Who do you guys think is the most, I'd say like, let's do a little discussion of like, maybe give your top three most important Bruins to this season. Maybe like offense and defense. Brad Marshawn. If you do goaltending, but Brad Marshawn. Easily my top, just he, because he, was, he needs to have a fucking season. He needs to, and he's been a little lackluster, at least points production-wise, he's been a little lackluster. I've also seen him get a little too creative. Um, and Drew, I don't know if you know this, but he is uh, at a point per game right now. He has 13 okay. points in 13 So games. he needs to keep it up. He's been <laughs> silent so far in that regard, or maybe I just haven't watched enough. But anyway... Uh, either way, he's. I think he's the biggest key just because you can kind of count on Pasternak to score him out, and he's on the list too if you we're doing a top three. But I think the top guy is Marshawn. So and I'll let you guys go. Brad Brad Marshawn was my number one when we did this. I don't know. It might have been three years ago. Um, I I think you know he was going to be the bridge from the Bergeron era to the Pasternak era. I think Pasternak's still your your number one most important player. He's currently on pace for 126 points. Um, and I know you can count on him for scoring, but how many teams have a player you can count on to just drag your team offensively while your goalies are are keeping the other team in check? Um, so that's going to be my, my number one. 
and I'm uh, I'm thinking about turning this into an article to put on the on the website, doing like a top ten. So not mm-hmm. to spoil that, but I, I think he's gonna be my uh, my number one when we when I do that. Uh, yeah, my need to read. But what about the other nine? I don't care. Yeah. Just go for number one. <laughs> um, I I think so. Martian was the one that came in my head first, at least solidly, because I like Pasternak popped in. But I kind of agree with Drew, where it's like I feel like, and this is like, I mean, this is just taking him for granted as a fan. But I feel like you know what you're gonna get for Pasternak. And not that you don't know where you're near from Marshan, because he's, I mean, God, he's been with the team for 12 years now. But um, I just feel like with the absence of Bergeron and Krejci in that, obviously the leadership roles that both of those guys had, really, but especially Bergeron, um, I feel like Marshan is, he's just got the spotlight on him more than ever before. And I'm just from a standpoint of like, you know, Pasternak is going to go out there, he's going to score, he's going to be off the ice, having a good time. I feel like reporters are friendly with him, that kind of thing. I kind of want to see how Martian responds when shit's not going their way later in the season, things like that. He has a couple rough games. Like, I, you know, that I think that intangible off-ice bullshit that I think, you know, gets over-pumped a lot of the time is going to be important for, you know, I mean, this, this team hasn't had any kind of leadership void for the past decade plus between Char and Marsh or and Bergeron. Um, and that's not to say that, that Marshane isn't a good captain. I think he's been great so far, but obviously, you know, Zanino Char and Patrice Bergeron are probably two of, you know, all time across the NHL captains. And even though, you know, Bergeron only got it for a short period of time, um, he was still a de facto captain on that team for a decade. And I just think that, his ability to like kind of set the tone for this team, especially down the stretch is really kind of what I'm thinking about last couple weeks of the season going into the playoffs with how many young guys they're relying on who are going to be looking toward everybody on that team, but especially somebody like Martian to just, you know, set the tone for on and off the ice, how you practice, how you show up to, you know, whatever it is late in the season. I feel like that's going to be really important. So I'm, I'm going to lean with Marshawn, but obviously I like, you you do need Pasternak to be ridiculous because that's that's the, the the switch for the Bruins offensively. So um, I'll, I'll say Martian, but I, I will admit that I'm kind of taking for granted that Pasternak's just going to dominate no matter what, which is not really something that should be taken for granted. But we've had the the, the pleasure of doing so as Bruins fans. Yeah, um, I'm. I think Martian is going to be my number three, and. Uh, Number number two would be uh, Mr. Charlie McAvoy. He's got mm-hmm. eight points in nine games. You know what he does on the defensive end. Um, I think the only thing holding him back from true Norris contention mm-hmm. is the point totals. And if he can put together like a 70, 80 point season this year, um, he's he's got a real good shot, um, especially given how much he contributes on the defensive end. Um, obviously sucks that you know, he'll had that dirty hit on Ekman Larson and uh, got suspended for it. So that's putting him, that's setting him back a few games in the potential uh, point production. But yeah, I think that's, you can see how the Bruins defensive structure kind of breaks down without him there. Obviously they're still managing to win some games, but just looks a little, little less certain. Um, 
and obviously uh, Olmark had a little more trouble without him than than Swayman has, but um, yeah, I mean, I I think last year kind of spent the second half of the year trying to come back to form from his injury, mm-hmm. um, and Hampus Lindholm kind of took over his role for him a little bit. Um, and, but the year before that he was what fourth in Norris voting. So I think, uh, a return to form plus some increased point production. I like him to win a Norris in the next two, three years. Yeah, I agree. I think there is an argument to be made for Hampus Lindholm. Um, just as sort of a similar argument, honestly, of just like, you know, you know, you should have a stud, but you need more than one. So having a, a very, you know, a 1B, if you will, <laughs> goaltender talk as a defenseman is, is going to be hugely important. And especially injuries down the road, you never know. And, and the ability to potentially, you know, split them between lines, which they've done. Um, but I, I do think it's McAvoy. He's he's the guy, I think, you know, the last couple of years talked about sort of, you know, obviously early in his career it was like, handing over the reins from Chara and that sort of thing. And, you know, we're at the point where he is obviously the guy. Um, there was a world where they could have named him captain this year. I think they made the right move going with Marshan, but he's probably the future captain, maybe Pasternak. But I don't know if I'm making the call, I would go I would go McAvoy. And, yeah, it would be nice to, like Chris said, the injuries last year kind of held him back a little bit. But I think uh, it would be nice to really see him assert himself and and put out a Norris Trophy candidate-worthy season. Um Obviously, there's a, a ton of incredible defensemen across the NHL, especially young defensemen right now. So actually getting the hardware is going to be tough, but he should be firmly in that conversation this year. And, and that's going to be, I think, key for the Bruins to make a difference, especially come playoff time. You need him to be a rock for that defense and, and to produce offensively as well. You mentioned uh, just going back to Lindholm for a second. It's just reminded me like, uh, you know, last season when McAvoy was out for a while and we were like, oh, no. And then Lindholm just like held down the fort when McAvoy was suspended. I just had zero worries because I'm like Lindholm is there Um, in terms of, you know, I'm going to keep Pasternak off my list uh, just because I take him for granted. Uh, <laughs> as, as Cam kind of said, I'm just gonna take him for granted. Um, honestly, you know, I'm looking at the roster now, my mind has changed a couple times, but I mean, I, I think I just looking more at, into like depth, what you really need in order to get yourself over the edge. Jake DeBrusque, I think, needs to have a hell of a year. I mean, he's in a contract year too, right? For him personally, but also just, uh, when it comes to needing production, uh, you know, all down the lines, um, you know, he's always been a kind of a streaky guy, um, as we talked about before. And I think he, you're going to be relying on him down the line uh, going into the playoffs. And so I'm just trying to pick out players you wouldn't normally think. Um, but realistically, I, you know, Marshawn McAvoy and Pasternak are the, the fulcrum, sorry, Carlo, of this team. Um, and... And I guess you look at the goaltenders too. It's really hard to pick, but I think it's going to be important for DeBrusque to have a good season. Other than that, I guess like Parker Witherspoon, I think is is the uh, he's the linchpin. Is, isn't it Witherspoon? Is it an O, or am I making that up? It's Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Sounds like a Boston guy trying to say Witherspoon. It's, it's truly <laughs> it's truly like an all timer Boston sports name, uh, Paco Witherspoon. 
Yeah, that's good. Uh, so it's no oh, Nomad Gassia Para, I think, but I, I think <laughs> yeah. Tommy Cross is at the top of my list. Tommy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really like underrated Boston name. Anybody with like an O in their name. Tommy Cross. Um, Tommy Cross check. Yeah, know, maybe Milan the, Lucic pot twenty. With I, for, I forget who the announcer was for it's like an X Games guy, but he always used to do all the like the motocross things. And there was a he was from Boston, like obviously mm-hmm. based on his ac- accent. And there was a a motocross guy named Tommy the Tomcat Clowers, and he would just uh, Tommy the Tomcat Clowers. It was a uh, just a childhood memory that popped up. Thank you guys for uh, coming along with me. Very cool, Chris. <laughs> Fitting with the sun. Thanks, Drew. <laughs> coming full circle. Uh, All right, boys. Uh, we got today's game as of the release of this recording. I assume we're going to turn this around pretty quickly. Uh, Montreal. We got Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> um, I, I don't know about you guys, but this rivalry hasn't had the same teeth since, I don't know. Montreal starts sucking. Yeah, yeah. even even the year, even the bubble year when they went to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, that was like, so fake. That feels like sucked. the fakest thing ever. That, no. like, that was like bar- a dress rehearsal. They yeah. barely squeaked into the playoffs and went on an absolute miracle run to get stomped by the lightning. Um which was also weird, the Eastern Conference final. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whack. So that was a fake year, man. That was, that was an I, I only feel bad for Carey Price. as the only Montreal yeah. Canadiens player I will ever feel bad for. I was just watching uh, um, no free ads, but uh, uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, Beef History from SB Nation, whatever they are now. Um, and they did a look back at the the Bruins Canadians beef, um, yeah, specifically yeah. around the Zdeno Chara Max Pacioretty thing and all that, and and like that part obviously was not great. But I was watching that video and I was just like, oh man, don't you wait? And then it was crazy because they were like, and Milan Lucic, and I was like, oh shit, what the hell is going on? He's back. Um, but you know, the part of me was was itching for a little a little feistiness between these two, so. Um, not that I want the Canadians to be good again, but they've sucked for a while, and it would be nice if they sucked a little bit less. So it was kind of exciting. But uh, I, I think this game. I think either way, even if the like you said, Chris, the rivalry doesn't have like much teeth to it anymore. I still think I feel just I have a little bit bigger of a smile the next day when the Bruins beat Montreal than any other team, and I have a little bit more sadness the next day if Montreal beats the Bruins. And it's just. And yeah, Toronto's and they well, Toronto's the replacement in terms of like they're good and we meet them in the playoffs every year. Are now. they? <laughs> they're they're, they're good. good they make the playoffs. <laughs> hey, they yeah. made it out of the first round last year. It's yeah, crazy. It's a whole more thing. than the Bruins. They're a horrible <laughs> playoff team, but they're like a good regular season team. So it's kind of like you know we were always fighting with Montreal for a playoff spot or for the conference or the uh, the division. And now that's Toronto, the Northeast but. Division, maybe. Yeah, the uh, oh, what was it before? It was the uh, Adam Oats. Were they in the Oats? I think it was just the Adams division, right? 
Oh, was it the Jack Adams one? Because wasn't there an Oats, an Adam Oats at one point? I don't think so. Like Division? No. Why would there be? A... <laughs> you know Adam what? Oats no, I am thinking. I am thinking of a yeah, tweet I saw the other day when they were like, "What if we went back and named him after players?" And someone threw an Adam Oats. The Adam Oats Division. That that'd be crazy. It's the, the division where you, you only get assists. <laughs> the Bergeron Division. He was Joe Thornton before Joe Thornton. Mm-hmm. Now Joe Thornton's retired. Do we have any thoughts on that? I thought yeah. he was, and then he officially. I, I honestly on he was retired. Yeah. <laughs> but since since he didn't play last year, he's eligible for the Hall of Fame next year. I think. Um, yeah, because it's not from when you officially retire; it's from when you uh, stop playing. Yeah, I was a little because, like, I was like, "Oh, I don't remember him playing. I don't even know who he's." was signed for last year but that would just still with toronto (laughs) yeah that'd be funny Uh, he just like didn't play he was playing with toronto he was the he was with the marlies (laughs) (laughs) we just didn't hear about it he's riding the bus with the marlies Marlies. he's been playing with jack campbell (laughs) yeah (laughs) godspeed to jack campbell yeah no one deserves to play goalie for the edmonton oilers no Oh, all right, boys. Well, good, good stuff. Thanks good for podcast. listening, everybody. Uh, get yourself some, get yourself some DraftKings for uh, for the holidays. Some semi uh, Get yourself get fully your... hard and semi dry. <laughs> <laughs> good night. <laughs>